Well, let's just pray together. Our gracious Lord, we ask that your Holy Spirit be upon us now. May your Holy Spirit be upon us and open our hearts and our minds to your leading. We ask that your Holy Spirit be upon me and guide the words I have today. I pray this in your holy name. Amen. Amen. Well, we're now in our third week within our series on faith, looking at uh, those words that we associate with Christmas, uh, with, uh, we're focusing on faith, faith for ourselves. Uh, we've done hope, love, uh, joy, and we're going to do peace next year, but we're focusing on faith. And, and what I want to do is focus not on, and as I said last week, not on faith of, of those people found just in the Bible, but faith that actually speaks deeply to ourselves, not just stuff that we can put aside, but how does God speak to you? What is faith? for you. So we want to make it personal for ourselves in all of this. But the question for us today that we're going to be exploring is, is how do we have faith in God's plan? How do we have faith in God's plan? And I want to start by going back to the definition of faith that we've been using that will help us to understand this, which is faith is an active trust it's an active trust in God based upon the evidence that we have about God and who God is. Faith is an active trust based upon the evidence. So as we explore the question for us today about faith in God's plan, the question is, what is it? How is our faith made real? How, how do we actively trust in God's plan for each and every one of us, personal. How do you have faith in God's plan? So in, in order to actually have that active trust in God's plan for our lives, there's a couple of things that we need to, to have for ourselves. We need to recognise this and build on these. And I'm going to put four things up on the screen for us. The first thing that we need to actually do is actually we first need to understand that God actually has a plan for your life. Not not God has a plan for other people or God had a plan for those people back in the Bible, but God actually has a plan for your life. It's personal. It's for you. God does have a plan for the whole world, but it's also narrowed down to you, individual. And once you actually understand that God has a plan for you, you actually need to understand what is God's plan for your life. Not actually just go, oh yeah, God's got a plan for my life and then carry on as though nothing's happened and nothing's there, but actually understand what is God's plan for your life. And then you actually need to believe and actually trust in God's plan for your life. And then you actually need to make God's plan for your life a part of your life. Actually integrate it, make it a part of what you do each and every day. See, this is faith in God's plan. Those four things are faith in God's plan. And we're going to look at these in a little bit more depth for us. So... How do we do this? How do we actually have faith in God's plan for our lives? Well, the first thing we need to do, I'll make sure we've got it up on the screen in point forms, is we actually need to walk with God. We need to actually understand that faith in God and God's plan, and, and the Christian faith, is actually about a relationship with God. It's actually about a relationship with God. It's not about getting the facts and figures. It's not about um, 
following religious patterns. It's about a personal relationship with God. And you cultivate that personal relationship with God by spending time in the Bible, by reading what God's word is for us in the Bible, by spending time in prayer and actually taking every opportunity that you can to be involved in church. And this is the body of the believers of Christ. This This is where we are, that we come and we demonstrate our faith. We come and we learn more. We get involved, whether it's in Bible studies or life groups or involvement with the activities of the church, whether it is in worship, we get involved. We walk with God. So that's, that's part of what we need to do. But we also need to do more than that. We need to surrender to God's will. We need to actually surrender our lives to God's will. See, so many times when we start talking about um, wanting to follow God's plan for our life, what we actually do is we, we have a plan for our lives. We've got our own personal plan and we go, God, can you rubber stamp this for us? Can you actually just say, yeah, that's actually where I want you to go, rather than actually surrendering to God and his will for us? You know, not my will, but yours, God. And that's so important for us when we start to think about what is God's plan for our lives? Because so often we want to place ours in front and we don't let God speak to us. So we need to actually spend time asking and seeking God's will. Before we actually begin, God begins to reveal his will to you, we must start to be committed to do whatever it takes to do what he desires for our lives. You know, Jesus' prayer was not my will, but yours, God. This needs to be our prayer for our lives daily, hourly, This is who we need to be. Not my will, but yours. Seeking to surrender to God's will. You know, it's not about having the right plan for our lives. It's about having God's plan for our lives. Then we need to obey what is actually already known to be God's will. You know, I think it's, it's amazing because over 90% of what God's will for our lives is, we can access already. It's actually found in the Bible. It's actually in there already. God's will is in the Bible. And we just need to learn to actually to follow that and obey that. Be faithful to that. Have faith in what God has already put in front of us. It's that little extra bit that we often get hung up and we go, what does God actually want for me? Well, the first thing, before we actually get that personal stuff, we need to learn to start obeying what God's already given us. You know, you need to do the big chunk before you do the little chunk. Get the right stuff happening in your life before you start going into that fine detail for where God wants you. You know, you you can't follow God in a personal way without following what God has given us in the Bible. They need to go together. Our personal direction from God comes from the Bible as well. We also need to be able to seek the counsel of of godly people, uh, of people who will speak hope and faith 
and love and direction into your lives. You know, if you surround yourself with people who pull you away from God, what's going to happen to your life? What's going to go, you know, are you going to really have faith in God's plan if people keep on pulling you away? So you need to actually surround yourself. You need to find five people who are going to speak deeply into your life, who will journey with you, who will pull you up when you're doing the wrong thing, who will encourage you to keep following God, will be there for you no matter what. They're the people who will give you the godly counsel. Seek people who are, who are deep in faith already. And they will encourage you and guide you and lead you. See, this is why it's so important to get involved in things like Bible studies and, and life groups because it's in those moments that people will help you to seek God's will in your life. We need to hear what others are hearing as well and to confirm whether that is actually God speaking. You need to have... And you can't ask people who don't know God's will to understand God's will in your life. You can't ask somebody who doesn't know God to help you with God's plan. You've got to ask people who are close with God themselves. And we also need to pay attention to how God has wired you. So don't, don't, you know, God has actually gifted you to do a special mission for yourself, for who you are. He's created you in that way. And that, that is amazing. That is incredible. And God's got a plan for you that will use those giftings. God isn't calling you to take you away from what he's gifted you. He's not saying, well, I, I've gifted you in this area of your life, but my plan is not to use any of that. Well, I didn't really gift you in those, but I'm going to take you over. No, that's not how it works. God's gifted you in this area, and so his plan involves that area that he's gifted you. So when you, when you seek to discover God's will for your life, we need to pay attention to how God has actually wired you. What actually gets you excited? What motivates you? What, what excites you? What, what giftings you have? What talents that you have? His plans actually are directly related to who you are and what gifts God has bestowed upon you. See, the, the, the good news for us is, is that God's will for our life, God's plan for our life, will actually be something that we'll be actually good at because God is there and using your giftings that he has given you already. So God has a plan for your life. We need to learn to understand it. We need to believe and trust in God's plan and we need to make God's plan a part of our lives. And we do that through by walking with God, by surrendering to God's will, not my own, but your will, O oh Lord. Obey what we already know that is God's will found in the Bible. Seek the counsel of God, godly people, and to pay attention to what, how God has actually made you. So I want us to actually explore what this means and how this plays out found in the Bible. Let's go to the Bible and actually find out. And we're actually going to go to one of the Christmas passages, the Christmas story, and see how this works and how this played out and, how, and what it means. 
to have faith in God's plan. And we're going to go to Mary's story. Mary's story is found in Luke's Gospel, uh, chapter 1, verses 26 through to 38. And let, let me just share it with you. We'll put it on the screens there for you. So, in the sixth month of Elizabeth's pregnancy, God sent the angel Gabriel to Nazareth, a village in Galilee, to a virgin named Mary. She was engaged to be married to a man named Joseph, a descendant of King David. And Gabriel appeared to her and said, Greetings, favoured woman, the Lord is with you. What a, what a wonderful greeting. You know, just first and foremost, what a wonderful greeting here. Confused and disturbed, but that's, that's not normally the way that we would respond. You know, we, we respond when somebody greets you in a confused and, and disturbed way when we don't actually comprehend what they're saying to you or, or comprehend who that person really is. And this is what's happening to Mary. She's not really comprehending why she would be greeted as a favoured one from an angel of the Lord. Mary tried to think what the angel could mean. Don't be afraid, Mary, the angel told her, for you have found favour with God and you will conceive and give birth to a son and you will name him Jesus. He will be very great and will become called the Son of the Most High. The Lord God will give him the throne of his ancestor David and he will reign over Israel forever. His kingdom will never end. Mary asked the angel, and this is really, how can this happen? I'm a virgin. The angel replied, the Holy Spirit will come upon you and the power of the whole most high will overshadow you so the baby to be born will be holy and he will be called the son of God. What's more, your relative Elizabeth has become pregnant in her old age. People used to say she was barren, but she has conceived a son and is now in her sixth month. For the word of God will never fail. And Mary responded, I am the Lord's servant. May everything you have said about me come true. And then the angel left her. So that is having faith in God's plan. The plan for Mary was to bear a child, to bear Jesus. And you can see by that very last line, what, what does she have? She has faith in God's plan. I am the Lord's servant, not my will, but your own. She's given herself over to God. May everything that you've said, giving herself over to God, about me come true. That is having faith in God's plan. Isn't that amazing? One of the things we need to realise is that God actually looks for faithful people, people of faith. You know, the angel says to Mary, you have found favour with God. You know, Mary was a young woman. And what, what we can see is she's cultivated a relationship with God. She has faith in God. Her heart, in her heart, she has found favour. God knew Mary, close personal relationship with Mary. And her faith in God was going to sustain her through the disgrace, the fear, the uncertainty of being pregnant. Because she'd found favour in God. She didn't earn favour, she didn't do anything to make this happen. But God believed in her. God had a plan for her life. 
it's kind of, and let's go back into some Old Testament stuff so that we can understand this is not the only time that God finds favour in an individual and gives them a, a great task to do. If we go back into Genesis 12, we find the story of Abram. And seemingly nowhere, out of nowhere, God calls Abram to leave his home and go to a place that the Lord would show, show him he also told Abram that he would become the father of many nations. Why did he choose Abram? We're actually told why he chose Abram, and we're going to go to Galatians so we can hear why God chose Abram and why, how we can understand this. You know, the same thing that Mary's had, to find a person of faith. This is what Galatians 3, verses 6 to 9 says. In the same way, Abraham, that's... Abram's full name, the name he was given later. Abraham believed God and God counted him as righteous because of, his, what if it, because of his faith. The real children of Abraham then are those who put their faith in God. It's not about how big your faith is, it's about who your faith is in. It is in the object of our faith, it is faith in God. What's more, the scripture looked forward to his, this time when God would declare the Gentiles to be righteous because of their faith. God proclaimed the good news to Abraham long ago when he said, all nations will be blessed through you. So all who put their faith in Christ share the same blessing Abraham received because of his faith. God looks for people of faith and God looks for people who will trust in him now the question Mary asks is this how will this be since I'm a virgin she asks the question it seems you know, a strange way to demonstrate that she's got a trusting heart to ask well how's this going to be but what you need to understand is just earlier on in, in Luke's gospel account, we actually have another visitation from an angel to Zechariah, Mary's uncle. And it happens in verses 5 through to 17. And Zechariah, unlike Mary, is an old man. Mary's a young, unmarried woman. Zachariah is an old man who is married to Elizabeth and they say they've been advanced in years. That's, that's a lovely way of putting it, isn't it? You're not old, you're just advanced in years. But they've never had children. And Zachariah is a priest, so he should know God's will for his life. He should know God's plan. He should be willing to, to let God speak to him. He's, he's, he knows this. But how does Zechariah respond to what the angel says to him? And if we look at Luke 1, verses 18 through to 20, this short second, Zechariah said to the angel, how can I be sure this will happen? Notice the difference that Mary says. How will this be? Zechariah says, how can I be sure that what you've said about having a child, how can I be sure that this will happen? 
I'm an old man now, and my wife is also well along in years. Then the angel said, I am Gabriel, I stand in the very presence of God, and it was he who sent me to bring you the good news. But now since you don't believe what I said, now because you are questioning what I said, now because you seek reassurance of what God is going to do, you'll be silent and unable to speak until a child is born. For my words will certainly be fulfilled at the proper time. See, this is, this is what's happening. See, the, it's a subtle difference, but it's a difference nonetheless. Two visits from the angel, Gabriel, to Zachariah and to Mary. Both ask, but one wants assurance about God's plan for their life. How is this going to come about? And the other one says, may this happen, as you've said. The question of how is it going to happen, not assurance that it will happen. How can this be? It's not a sign that it, I have to follow, but how are you going to do this, Lord? There's, all, there's an implicit trust in God in Mary's response. It's an implicit faith, you know, placing action and trust in God's plan for our life. She says, well, how can this be? But I trust you, may your will be done in my life. It's a subtle difference, but it's one not to be missed. And the angel didn't miss it. He disciplines Zachariah and says, you can't speak until the birth. But he answers Mary's question and gives her honour and hope and an explanation. See, the thing is, when we come to having faith in God's plan for our life, I want to ask you this question. Do you seek a sign of confirmation before actually obeying God? Or do you actually take his word and act upon that? Do you do a Zachariah and say, how can this be? Show me a sign. Or do you take a Mary's stance and saying, not my will but yours. How will this be? I will follow you. May your plan come true in my life as you've said it. So when we seek God's will, I'd say so often in our lives, we actually follow the Zechariah path. We actually say, I, I want a sign. I want confirmation. I want to know that this is you, Lord, that's leading me right now and telling me to do this. Rather than going, Lord, lead me, I will follow. A big difference. See, if God's word prompts you to do something, if the Holy Spirit directs you to do something, I want to encourage you to follow that prompting, to do it quickly and to not doubt that God is there with you and leading you. Just as Abraham was given the instruction from God to take his beloved son Isaac and make a sacrifice on the mountaintop. Abraham's reaction was to get up early the next day and to begin that journey up the mountainside. He was sure that God had said he needed to do this, but he had no idea why and he didn't even know how it was going to happen 
but he went and he obeyed. He trusted God to make a way even when he saw there was no way for himself. See, God looks for people who have faith in his plan. He looks for people who actively trust him and act upon his leading in their lives. So as we come to this point, when we ask the question, I can't, I can't say for you, yourself, today, individually, right now, I can't point to each and every one and go, well, this is the plan that God has for you. That's not, because that would be Simon saying, I've got a plan for you. It's God's plan. 90% of it we already know in the Bible. But he has an individual personal plan for you and you need to seek that. Seek God's will in your life. And we need to have faith in the plan. We need to have that active trust in God's plan for your life. So let's just pray. Let's just ask in this moment that God will show you the direction he wants for your life. God will show you the plan he has for you. Gracious, loving God. Lord, you've been there at the beginning of all creation. You have guided people through their lives. You've told people great news. You told Mary of the birth of a child and she placed her trust and her faith in you, our Lord. Lord, may we respond in a similar way to your leading in our lives. May the Holy Spirit today be upon us now. May your Holy Spirit speak into our lives. May there be a guiding voice so that we may follow that. May we do your will. May we have faith in your plan for our life today. Amen. So as we've been looking, and you know, come up, come up, come up. As we've been looking at our our topics through faith, we have been looking at how faith is more than a feeling. We've been looking at how we have faith in a world that seems to be against you. We've looked today about how faith how we can have faith in God's plan. And next week I want to encourage you because we're going to have a look at how we have faith in salvation and in Jesus Christ next week. Because as we come to celebrate the birth of Jesus at Christmas time, we need to realise that we need to have faith in the salvation plan. We need to have faith in Jesus Christ. And we need to have faith in the Christmas celebration as it comes to Christmas. So let us worship together again.